Hey there, and welcome to a new episode of the Missouri Times hashtag MoLedge podcast. This is Rachel Herndon Dunn. I'm editor of the Missouri Times, and I'm here with Alicia Sure, a rock star reporter at the Missouri Times. Good morning, Alicia. Good morning, Rachel. <laughs> so, same rundown as most weeks. We've got our top five most read of last week. We've got some buzz, and we're going to talk about what's on our plates, including the State of the Union, which is not actually on our plates but worth talking about. So most read stories of last week, most read judge halts portion of meat laws says enforcement would be legislature usurping constitutional authority. You wrote this. Yes. You have followed the meat law pretty closely. And actually in the whispering gallery last week, I included a story that Missouri set a trend. Other States are passing similar meat laws. And so basically the meat law, just going back to the basics means that beyond meat or lab grown things cannot be labeled as meat. Well, it was, there was in 2018 session, they passed an ominous agriculture bill that did a lot of different things. Um, So one of them was that to be labeled meat in the grocery store, it actually has to be meat. And so that means it has to be an animal on a farm of some form that has been butchered and cut up and packaged, right? Yes, according to USDA Department of Ag guidelines. And now the state of Missouri. Yes. It's got to be real meat. Yes, so basically you can't label tofu as meat. That makes sense. Or, the, or can what about tofurkey? Tofurkey. If it's not from an animal with two or four legs, it's not going to meet the classifications. So a so you wrote the story, a judge has halted a portion of this law. Yeah. So this is specifically dealing with a few changes to definitions they did, which uh, expanded to include carnivids. So deer. Oh, and the so, cervids. Right. I did not know what a cervid was before I started working at the Missouri Times, so I'm going to be honest. Yes. So by doing that, the Conservation Commission said that, well, deer are under our purview. Right. And it's in the Constitution that you can't sell the meat and that the changes would allow you to hunt and butcher deer for profit. That makes sense. I mean, there are captive deer farms. Yes. The, uh, the deer lobby is real. And it seems like every year there is an ongoing discussion about deer as farm animals or not farm animals or what what have you. Anyway, so the second most read story last week, Bern Scoder wants to relocate Steamboat Arabia Museum to Jefferson City. So, Alicia, you haven't gone to Arabia Steamboat Museum yet, right? No, I have not. It so is on my list of to-do. This opened when I was a kid. Steamboat Arabia, very cool. Literally a steamboat. That was found that had sunk into the Missouri River many, many moons ago. And whenever and it's it kind of cool. And But I've got two stories from this museum that everyone needs to know. One, they found a jar of pickles. They opened it and they ate a pickle. And it was yeah. good. Even after like 150 plus years. Two, they have the skeleton of a mule there. That apparently was either on the boat. I'm guessing it was on the boat. I was like in third grade. Details are a little rough. Anyway, this is a really cool museum. Burton Scoder has filed this bill. 
You went to the press conference. Yes. And so Bob Pretty's working on this too, right? Yes. So why does it need a bill for this museum to move? Well, so the city of Kansas City is not going to renew the lease where the Steve Oak Museum currently is. So they need a new home. Okay. Um, there is a group up in Pennsylvania that is advocating it for the Steamboat Museum to be moved there. And Burnsgetter and a few other lawmakers are like, no, we want to keep it in Missouri. Because right. these are boats that sank along the Missouri River right. between Kansas City and St. Louis, and we want it here. So they're looking at... A partnership that is very similar to the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. Right. So that the government would own the building okay. and the land, and then the actual exhibit would still be owned by the foundation that currently runs it. Okay. And there's also, I feel like there was another boat they wanted to dig up right around yes. here on the Malta Bend, right? Yes. The Over Malta yonder. Bend's actually named after... The Malta steamboat steamboat that sank there in 1841. I know some of you doubt this, but I actually read every single article that the Missouri Times puts up. And sometimes I remember (laughs) what they're about. Yeah. And so they want to dig up another boat. So this museum would potentially have two steamboats. Three. Three. And And they have different levels. And part of the museum would be free. Part of them would require, part of it would require emissions fees. Um... And they would pay for building this museum by increasing the riverboat casino fee from $2 to $3. Interesting. And that dollar would go to the Steamboat Legacy Fund and it would go to building this museum. They were also talking about that building a state of Missouri museum. Yes, because we have apparently just tons of stuff that is not on exhibit. Yes, because... The first floor of the Capitol is not big enough to display the things. That would be quite the boon for Jefferson City to have a museum like that. Yes. I mean, tons of people already visit here, but, like, I'm under the impression that people will travel just to go to the Arabia Steamboat Museum. They are. And uh, <coughs> David Hawley, w- w- which helps run the museum, and he was one of the people that actually dug up the Arabia. Right. Um, he said that the Steamboat Museum gets roughly 80,000 people a year. That's a lot of people. And a lot of the people are coming from more than a 200-mile radius. Interesting. To come see it, that they get a lot of visitors from, like, California, Florida, and all over the U.S. Cool. Now, a stupid question that I'm sure everyone's thinking, is David Hawley related to U.S. Senator Josh Hawley? I doubt it. No one asked, but... <sighs> All right. Well, we will find the answer to this someday. <laughs> Number three, most read story of last week. Some Missouri newspapers significantly increase ad price for state. So the background of this is the Secretary of State is legally required to place ads with the ballot language in local newspapers in every county in the state. Yes. And so they got bids, and then they came back a couple weeks later to place their ads, and the prices had increased over just weeks. And they increased between basically 20 and 700%, he wrote. Yeah, so a cost is socially required to run ads of the ballot language in every county in Missouri. Um, if there's like a Democratic and a Republican paper, 
and like they choose sides. You have to do it in both for two days. Um, if they're independent papers, you can just do the one. And he's got a six million dollar budget for this. He, he had a six period, like that's six. it. And there's a contract with the Missouri Press Association, so they sent out bids, which exceeded the six million. So then they cut some papers to see where they could save money while still meeting their obligation. They did, and then they asked for a final price. And this is where, and this was two weeks later. Dates hadn't changed. The size size hadn't changed, and there was about twenty papers that significantly increased their price. Now, granted, that is wild. Like those are taxpayer dollars. There was ninety-one newspapers. The price did not change. Good for them. Good for them. There was seven. The price actually decreased, and then the rest increased between. 20% to 700%. That's insane. Yes. And you know what? Kudos to Secretary of State Ashcroft for for calling some of these businesses out. Like, those are taxpayer dollars. That money is not meant to be... What's the word I'm looking for here? Mm, they call it gouging? Price gouge. Yeah. The state of Missouri is literally price gouge. And that's crazy. And, of course, this information comes out the day before the Missouri Press Association Lobby Day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I still think it's so wild. Like, we're not a paper of record, so obviously they don't have to place the ballots with us. And But I think it's so wild that there are legally required things to be placed in newspapers. It's just yes. interesting. See... When I worked for, it kind of, like, the price increases kind of confused me. Because when I worked for a paper that was record, like. It was a record. It was a regular newspaper. Right. And. She's just saying we're not regular, guys. (laughs) We're special. We're a cool paper. (laughs) We're not, like, regular papers. But, like, the prices (laughs) would be set. Right. Like, black and white ad at certain sizes, one price. Right. Black and color added is a certain price. And. Like, Sundays were more expensive than the weekdays. I didn't even know it was an option to just increase your prices willy-nilly over like, a couple of weeks after a bid at that. But, like, the prices were set. Yeah. So if you want to place an ad on a Sunday in September, you can determine the price in October, and that is the price. That's the price. So increasing a job by a $100,000... It's baffles me. Repeat, these are taxpayer dollars. Anyway, we could probably talk about that for a while. But the fourth most read story of last week, gubernatorial appointments advanced to floor for send approval. So there were 20 appointments, right? I think it was like 19. Two had a little bit of controversy. One of those two was Peter Hershen, who has already served on the State Board of Education. Twice. Twice. Yes. Um, has done a lot of service for the state. Um, but apparently Senator uh, Jamal Nasheed, she brought up that he was a character witness for someone who had some child pornograph- porn- pornography issues. Um, they found that he was in possession of 400,000 videos of child pornography and 2,000 2, pictures. So where does the... So they voted on Hershend and... He went through. Yes. But voting against Hershen was Senator Nasheed, 
Riddle and Oh Williams. Williams. So his his appointment has gone to the floor. I'm presuming they'll vote on that this week, right? I would assume so. Um, the appointments still need to come to the floor. It was an interesting hearing to attend. I will um, say most gubernatorial appointment hearings are. Yeah. Riddle was or very, not very focused on getting kids up to literacy rates. I mean, yeah, that's important. But literacy. She, she was like, I want to, like, are you open to trying something out of the box? Like, because what we're doing isn't working. Hmm. Valid point. And the fifth most red the fifth most red story of last week is Beck seeking election to state senate in twenty twenty. He is hoping to replace Senator Scott Sifton. Yeah. He was on this week in Missouri politics yesterday Sunday. You can watch that episode online at twmp.tv. Um, it sounds like if elected, he could be the new quote unquote union guy. He's a pipe fitter by trade. Do what? So what is a pipe fitter? Is it literally what it says? I'm guessing it is, and I'm just overthought this. Anyway, that's cool. He's a union yeah. guy. He's very passionate about about worker rights. He hasn't been in the legislature long. No, this is his sophomore year, right? Yes. Just entering his sophomore year in the House. Um, but yeah, SD1 is open in 2020, and I did a rundown in the subscriber email called the Missouri Times. If you want that email, you must subscribe. Um, but also filed, well, not filed, but have changed their committee registrations for that seat is Marsha Hafner, who has joined the governor's office. She's, a, I believe, a liaison over in St. Louis. And there's been buzz that she was going to run for SD1 already, so it would be interesting to see those two go against each other. Yes. But Beck out in front very early. Um, very excited for that campaign. So the buzz. Yes. First thing Alicia has on the run list for us to discuss, a new bail fees outlined in the state of the judiciary. So Supreme Court Justice Zell Fisher gave his state of the judiciary Yes. So many different words there. Um, Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Um, and he talked about changing the bail rules, which is something we've seen reflected in a few different bills, too, that'll be heard yeah. this week, is reforming what it means to be a productive member of society, even whenever you're about to stand trial for a charge, a criminal charge. Well, uh, in his address, Fisher was like, people are innocent until like, presumed innocent until proven guilty. Yes. And that if you're, if you can't come up with the bail money, mm -hmm. you sit in jail while presumably in, innocent, and you could lose your job, you can't support your family, mm -hmm. and people that go through that system are more likely to reoffend. Yep. So the judiciary has come out with new guidelines. For right. Detailing pre-trial release. And there was also a, an article in the local paper here in Jefferson City in the News Tribune that talked about how the Cole County prosecutor is also supporting reform here. Um, anyway, it seems like every year criminal reform is a sexy legislative topic, and it looks like it will continue to be this year. I would encourage you to go read Alicia's story about... Fisher's address and what this meant 
Um, you definitely found, I, I think, the right angle for this story. That really, like, his speech obviously was very interesting from front to back. Yeah. But that really is something that sticks to the wall. Yeah, and it's something that you have a lot of lawmakers focusing on is judicial reform. Mm-hmm. Another thing people are buzzing about is House ethics rule changes. So apparently hearings will of alleged misconduct will not be closed. Will have the ability to be closed. So I thought they were already closed. But I don't know. Like these they, are, they seem to close all their hearings, so. Well, these are like, well, <laughs> these are like actual, like, hearings, hearings? Like, mm. Representative Warren's love hearing last year. Ah, yes, that was okay. Would have had the ability. To be closed. To be closed. Lawmakers were saying that one probably would not have been closed. Mm, yeah. But, like, and. Uh, Representative Mitten was saying that this will really, like, protect, like, victims and witnesses of sexual assault and harassment, and that, like, it's protecting the anonymity. The anonymity? Oh, I can't say it either. The anonymity of... No, that's not even how you say it. You know what we're trying to say. (laughs) It has um, been a rough morning here. Of the people times. involved. <laughs> so that makes sense. Yeah. So it is now February. It is the first full week of the second month of the year. And that means that committee hearings are starting to heat up. Yes. A lot of big bills this week. I sent Alicia hearings, hearing request last <laughs> night. And I'm sure she looked at that and sighed deeply. But this week... Well, last week, last week was some big bills. Representative Swan presented a bill establishing fast track workforce incentive program, which is one of the governor's wish list items, right? It was outlined in his budget and this budget presentations from departments are going down. Uh, Budget presentations of statewide offices are going down this week. Yes. Very fun. Um, Last week, Senator Hoskins' sports betting bill was heard. Yes. And I believe it's being heard this week, too. I don't know if it's a different version or what have you. Uh, This week, he has a uh, video lottery lottery bill. Also another sexy topic. And last week, Raiders' PDMP bill was heard in committee. Very exciting. Um, A lot of people very excited about that, at least. Not so excited about the weather that was going on during that, but exciting nonetheless. And um, I would presume that more hearings will be announced this week, but we... Is that... Is HIV today? Yes. So Representatives Rader and McCreary have an HIV reform bill. Yes. Um, What else is on that list? We have some criminal reform bills this week. Um, Do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, it's almost like I sent you an email. It's all, like there's charter school charter, charter schools, schools this week. Um, Amber Alert systems. There's like a lot of budget presentations. A lot of different licensure bills and stuff. Representative Hill's bill to encourage and urge uh, Major League Soccer to give serious consideration to placing one of his expansion teams in St. Louis is going to be heard. So that's interesting. Uh, there's a. Making changes to Mo Abel. I want to talk Um, about Senator Burleson's bills. Senator Burleson's? He's got two bills being heard Tuesday, 1030. 
in the Senate Lounge. One is modifying provisions relating to sanctuary policies for municipalities. Senator Burleson has been very outspoken about his feelings on sanctuary cities. But he has another bill, SB 122, which would establish the Stop Socialism Act, which creates a cause of action against a public body that offers a competitive service that to the economic deterrent of a person offering the same competitive service. I am I'm so excited to have Eric Burleson back in the legislature. Anyway, so that will be here tomorrow. There will be some licensing bills that I'm sure Alicia will go check out. But yeah, so many big bills in committee this week. I've lost my run sheet. I found it. Okay. So that's what's on Alicia's plate. That's what's on our plate. Yes. What else is on our plate? Recovering from the weekend. You went to the St. Louis Zoo. <laughs> yes, I went to the St. Louis You see the penguins? I, of course. They're the, one of I mean, the they're penguins. Exhibits. They're great. But what other exhibits did you like? The elephants. Yeah, elephants are the best. <laughs> the hyenas were cool, too. Yes. I always like meerkats. And the reptile. House. Oh, okay. The reptile <coughs> house was great. The boa constrictor was so huge. Yeah, boa constrictors are great whenever they're behind three inches of glass. Yes. She's going to need you to stay over there in your lane. But we'll have to go back because... That's how I feel about most things that aren't cute, to be honest. We made it a day trip, so there was not enough time yes, to adequately gorgeous weather this see weekend. the entire zoo. So, I know I ask you about this on a regular basis because you're such an exotic creature being from the state of Oregon <laughs> and all that. Do you all have crazy weather like this in Oregon? Where it's five degrees and then three days later it's 65 and you're pushing your kid on a swing at the park? I mean, Oregon has interesting weather. It very, 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 very rarely gets down to the single digits. It'll, like, it'll, That like, makes it a coastal climate, out. right? Yeah. You guys have whales there, don't you? I don't actually live on the coast. <laughs> no, like, aren't there some mountains between you and the coast? Yes. And the Redwood Forest. Cascades? Redwoods. I love Redwoods. That was yes. one of my most favorite vacations I took whenever I was a kid. <laughs> and then Rachel really, really, really wants to talk about the State of the Union. I do. So I I tweet about this. I, I'm on this press list for Bet DSI, and I like to tweet about this, but I just got an email from them about the State of the Union. So it's got the over-unders on the State of the Union, and they have a bunch of creative ones that I'm very excited to share with you as I basically explain to Alicia how betting works. But there's some some grumpy ones, we'll call it. But one of the interesting ones is President Trump approval rating on tomorrow, the 6th, right? That's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 5th. So Wednesday. So he's giving the, the State of the Union on, the, on Wednesday. And over – wait, they didn't even give me the line on that. Okay, let's try this again. So they did not release the over-unders on that yet. But the first one where they actually do is who will President Trump mention first in his remarks? So the vice president, plus 150. Senate majority leader, plus 200. Members of Congress, plus 250. My fellow Americans, plus 300. The first lady, plus 500. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, plus 800. Is the bigger the plus... Yes, the more likely that people think. Okay. Yes. I think. I feel like we should probably phone a friend. <laughs> um, 
will blah, 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 blah. Who will be the designated survivor of Trump's State of the Union address? Who do you think? Um, Mike Pompeo. Are you saying that? Wait, did you intern for him? No. You, you interned for the other guy? Yes. So I'm going to Google this so that you have a definition of over-under betting. An over-under is a wager in which a sports book will predict a number for the t- statistic in a given game and betters, bettors wage that the actual number in the game will either be higher or lower than that number. Does that make sense to you? We're just going to go with it. So, Rachel, who do you think will be the designated survivor? Oh, <sighs> you know, I like Mike Pompeo, too. I'm going to be honest. Um, he's at plus 1,000, also at plus 1,000. Sonny Perdue, Alexandra Acosta, Wilbur Ross, Ben Carson, Steve... I don't even know how to pronounce this last name. I hear it like eight. Munchen. Munchen. Yeah. Um, that the plus 1500 is for Patrick Shanahan and David Bernhardt though. Here's what I really like. Okay. So maybe the bigger the number, I feel like we need to find a friend here. We're going to sports betting explained. So yeah, no, I know what that is. So yeah, favorite. Well, the plus sign indicates the underdog. Okay, so I had this backwards. So the bigger the number, the less likely. The smaller the number, the more likely, which makes sense whenever we go to the next bit on our run list, whenever the predominant color of President's try will be negative 150. So that is favored to win. Okay, so red's the favorite. And pink being plus 1,000, very unlikely. Okay. Multicolor is plus 250. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> predominant color of Ivanka Trump's dress the smallest number is red then white then blue pink well they just kind of listed every color I, I'm kind of surprised at the interest in Ivanka Trump's dress yeah it's a dress she's gonna wear it predominant color of <laughs> she's gonna wear it uh, predominant color of Melania Trump's dress most likely blue or pink they're saying which country other than the United States will President Trump mention first? Plus one fifty on China, plus five thousand on Japan. That makes sense. Will President Trump say the official name of a news media outlet? No is negative three hundred. What do you think? Do you think Trump will call out a specific news outlet, or will he just say fake news? You know, I would say there's a guarantee. That he will say fake news in his speech. What? What's your? What's your? What's? How much you want to bet on that? And don't you <laughs> offer me Bates goods? I'll bet you a cup of coffee. What? I buy the coffee for this office. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Oh. Will Nancy Pelosi attend the State of the Union address? Yes. Negative two thousand. No. Plus eight hundred. Isn't she required? To attend the state union, so I don't. She is speaker of the house. I know, but I want. I don't. Obviously, we're state, state, a state outlet, and I know that in Missouri, you're only constitutionally required to let the governor or the um, Supreme Court justice and um, someone else into the chamber. It doesn't say you have to be there. You just have to let them in. So I wonder okay. if it's the same in, in the United States. If you know, you should let me know so I stop talking out 
my um will president trump say nancy pelosi negative 500 on yes will president trump say stacy abrams plus 450 on yes so there's a long list of these yes i feel like i should post this will president trump say abortion plus 150 on yes will president trump say transgender no is negative 1000 fake news has yes and no at both negative 120 wait what fake yeah so that's a toss-up i guess same on race relations make america negative negative 300 on saying make america great again interesting maybe i'll post this release just because it is interesting even though it's missing a lot of the numbers you could include it in the whispering gallery i could what include in the next whispering gallery yeah that's true well they also spelled michael cohen wrong (laughs) interesting so that's what we're looking forward to this week. Looking forward to it. And so last year it was the last Wednesday, last Tuesday of the month. Aren't they normally in January? I feel like they're normally last week of January. They're normally. I mean, January. there was this thing called a shutdown and yeah. there's some struggles in the Beltway. Yeah. Which just every day I wake up and I'm so grateful that we are at a state politics based paper. Because, my God, no matter where you stand on uh, political issues, there is plenty to report on. It seems like most people are still reporting all on the same things, which is kind of weird. Never understood that. Anyway, Alicia, what are you most looking forward to this week? Coffee. Coffee. Um, I'm just kind of looking forward to the legislature being in session, getting their... Understanding what real normal is? Yes. Learning the normal. Yes. Our team will be expanding a little bit this week and in a couple weeks. Bringing my guy Caden back. We will announce a new reporter very soon. Very excited for that. Not as excited as I am to share coffee with Alicia almost every morning, though. (laughs) Nonetheless, I will say the thing I am most looking forward to in a bittersweet fashion is that the Statesman of the Year is over. It was wildly successful, in my incredibly biased opinion, but we had 90% of the General Assembly there, so if you can't call that a success, I don't know how to make you happy. But that was an amazing event. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Alicia was smart this year and did not wear high heels. Um, But that was incredibly humbling to have that crazy of a turnout and thank you so much to everyone who sponsored the event everyone who attended the event i am so glad everyone seemed to have a great time uh if you didn't i guess you haven't had the cojones to tell me yet um and don't just don't because as far as i'm concerned that was an amazing event and i'm so proud to have been part of the team to assemble that i do have one suggestion for next year okay we do a table with the food so see we kind of did that last year people can like walk and grab it because there was like a bottleneck around the bar yeah it was, a, it was like I a koi fish a hunt for cheeseburgers oh cheeseburgers we, not, you could have just me. texted them and they would have brought you specifically <laughs> a cheeseburger i will say what's next on our plates as far as huge productions at the missouri times is the spring magazine it's the 100 list alicia is thrilled 
Um, Dancing up and down through. Aaron, our multimedia guy, who's an, I'm sure you have seen his photos. If you've not seen his photos, you can check us out on Instagram at Missouri Times. Um, takes amazing photos, and I can't wait to see what he comes up with for the 100 list. We're going to do it a little bit differently. But one thing we're not doing differently is taking your nominations and your input on who should be on the 100 list. Who do you consider the lifesavers, the game makers, the playmakers, the shot callers? Um, how does that song go? Want to be a baller? It, sorry. Baller. Shot caller. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and not sing that song. But yeah, lifesavers, playmakers institutions um people who make the capital a great place to work a functioning place to work let me know call me beat me don't beat me i don't actually know how that works um tweet me email me who you think should be on the 100 list of course this has been rachel herndon dunn editor of the missouri times with another long and rambling episode of the hashtag mo ledge podcast we will likely be back on thursday with a special guest if you have someone you want me to shake down to be a podcast guest you let me know otherwise i will talk to you when i do